to When Cinephiles Attack, a weekly podcast where four movie fans test the limits of their friendship. I'm Lacey, here with Mella, Josh, and Rashawn. Thank you so much for being here today. Take a second and follow us on Apple Podcasts, on Stitcher, on Spotify. If you want to connect with us on social media, we're on Instagram and Twitter at Cinephile Attack. Um, we'd love to hear from all of you if you have any movie suggestions or if you have a bone to pick with one of us about one of our opinions. Um, at us. Thank you, That's Mama. it. That's it. <laughs> at us. <laughs> And make sure you leave us a review. Reviews for our podcast really help us out. And it helps new people find us and probably hate most of our opinions like you do right now. <laughs> What's up, everybody? How are we feeling today? Good. Doing all right. Good. What's everyone watching? I, we, Lacey and I, have been watching Invincible on Amazon, the animated show with... An unbelievable cast. Mm -hmm. Steven Ewan, Sandra Oh, J.K. Simmons, Mahershala Ali, Jason Manzoukas, Zachary Kinto. An insane cast. It's basically The Boys, but animated. It's based on a comic from Robert Kirkman, the guy who made The Walking Dead. It's gruesome. It's brutal. It's really funny. It's shocking. Highly recommend. They have cornered the market on satirical superhero media. Speaking of superheroes, mm -hmm. I got to check out Netflix's new movie, Thunder Force. This is with Melissa McCarthy and Octavia Spencer. Oh. How is it? I I liked it. You know what? I liked it. Would you recommend it? With an <laughs> asterisk, I would. I would. If you're going to know exactly what you're getting into, I would say watch it. If you love the two main actresses, I would say watch it. Is it going to change the world? Is it going to set the world on fire? No. I would say it's perfectly in line with a Netflix movie. <laughs> Can you rank it among Melissa McCarthy's filmography in terms Ooh. of her comedies? Good one. Well, it's in a, a subgenre. There was a really mean article that <laughs> basically <laughs> told her to stop working with her husband. Why? No. no. I think that's he, great. Well, because he directed this movie i think they wrote it together as well which is also the boss tammy i believe life of the party was that one yeah yeah and i think all the they get critically bombed or whatever i don't know but i saw that article headline and i was just like no don't tell her to do that that's so they're awful. having a good no. time right we love a happy healthy marriage where people can work together yeah we love it I'm still laughing. I'm still watching. It's in line with those movies. I think it's really funny. If you find her funny, if you find both of them entertaining, definitely watch it. I'm not going to rank it among superhero movies because I don't really care. But it's <laughs> Among Melissa McCarthy movies, not superhero movies. Oh, yes. Your question. Sorry. Yeah. Um, 
Better or worse than Spy. Right, that's what I was going to say. It cannot touch Spy. Mm-mm. Don't even try yeah, it. Yeah, I shouldn't have started with that one. I mean, there's like Spy, Bridesmaids, The Heat. Those Better or worse all... than Ma. The uh, classic Octavia Spencer vehicle. <laughs> Bella, Tavia... have you watched it yet? I did watch it. Oh, thank God. Okay. It was, I really liked it. I did too. But I think I did like it because I saw it knowing like all the memes and I mm-hmm. thought it just made it better. So <laughs> when those memes would come up, I would just crack the fuck up. But <laughs> I guess if I was watching it prior to all that, I'd be like, what the fuck is this? It's yeah. just fun. It's just a fun movie. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the fact I saw a picture on the on Twitter, I believe, of the two of them, Octavia and Melissa, a long time ago. They've been friends forever. I think Octavia caught the bouquet at Melissa's wedding. Oh. That's and, fucking precious. Yeah. Yeah. So, and you can tell that they're friends and they liked working together. It, it was probably a blast. Mm-hmm. But there's Jason Bateman's in the movie. Bobby Cannavale. Yeah, that the, it's, it's really fun. The same guy that she did that other movie with, Super Intelligence. Is that him? Maybe. Rose Burns Boo. Rose Burns Rose. Boo. You'd know him if yeah. you saw him. Bobby Cannavale. Bobby? Did you write Bobby? a script for him? Never mind. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't even started yet. <laughs> Boy, uh, take it away. All right. John Favreau. That's who I was thinking of. I said oh. that. I didn't hear it. I was too busy talking. I heard you later. Thanks. We've caught up. I'm really excited about today's episode. So Mella, I. I think, is really excited about today's episode. Stoked. So I want to know, what are we finding about today? Lazy, lazy, lazy. Rashani. I got the chance to revisit a film that I've seen the ending of 20 times. <laughs> 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 Thanks to Basic Cable. Now and then. Truth or dare? Truth. Are you happy? Am I happy? That's a good question. I'm just realizing that I've spent my entire adult life trying to recapture the way I felt the summer of 1970. Hey, Kenny, where's the fire? Softball game, Kennels Field. It's gonna be all boys. So what are we waiting for? That was the summer when everything started to change. <laughs> hey, Wormers! Come and get them, suckers! No matter what I do, they just keep getting bigger. If we wanted to hear the facts, we went to our parents. Now and Then is a 1995 coming-of-age amazing movie with an all-star cast of Christina Ricci, Rosie O'Donnell, Thora Birch, Melanie Griffith, Gabby Hoffman, Demi Moore, Ashley Aston Moore, and Rita Wilson with huge guest stars of Devin Sawa, Cloris Leachman and Hank Azaria now and then is about four friends reuniting because one of the friends, Chrissy, Rita Wilson, is having a baby. And when all four friends were 12 years old in the summer of 1970, they made a pact that whenever one of them needed each other, they would be there for each other. That summer is what we experience in this movie, and it has, like, Stefan level this Summer has everything. It has divorcing parents. It has poltergeists. It has tarot cards. It has a fucking treehouse we're saving up for because we want to have independence from everybody else because we're so cool. It's got the crazy, creepy, 
town bicyclist who goes around scaring everybody. <laughs> it has friendship bracelets. It has fucking Brendan Fraser as a hippie making For a cameo. For 30 seconds. It has and 13 year old penises. Mm-hmm. We don't see them. God, oh, right. We're starting already. Anyways, I love this movie. I love this movie. I love this movie. I, this is one of my comfort movies. Like, if I need to just feel happy, I put this movie on. It's, it's always been that way for me. I grew up wanting to be Christina Ricci. Now at 31 years old, I realize I'm way more Chrissy in this whole situation. You need a snack every two hours. Every two hours, if not more. I don't know. I I really like Josh had never seen this movie and asked me like, oh, like, what is it even about? What is it about? And I was like, I don't know how to explain it to you other than it's it's me. Like this movie is so perfectly lacy (laughs) in every aspect. And I just, I love it. And I hope, I hope, I just hope. Mella, how do you yeah. feel about this movie? Um, Very much the same. If my brother is listening to this podcast right now, he's probably cracking up because he knows how much I love this movie because of how often I would have it on the VHS. Mm-hmm. Like, I think recently he was like, you still watching that movie with all them girls? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I am. It, Like you said, I feel like we've used this term before, but it's a warm blanket. It's absolutely that. And I feel like it does such a good job of not everyone had this childhood because we didn't grow up in the gaslight edition and have like the cookie cutter homes. But we did have that one summer where we were all with our friends on our bikes, going on little trips that were probably only like you know, five miles away, but it felt like a full day adventure. adventure. Yeah. Yeah. And so I feel like it just take, it's nostalgic. And I, I love anything that makes me go back to like the good old days. And that's exactly mm-hmm. what this movie does for me. Now, as I'm older and I can watch it more from like a critique standpoint, I have like little things I could nitpick about, but nothing will ever make me hate this movie. Ever, (laughs) I'm interested to hear. I'm interested to hear that because I thought the same thing going through. I still loved every second of it, but trying to watch it as a cinephile, I tried to find things that like I would change myself. Yeah, Josh, it was your first time watching. Real quiet. Who do you want to hear from first? Oh, I don't know. I feel like you because you haven't seen it. Which is not a surprise. I'm not thinking that no. you were <laughs> 10 years old watching this. I was four when this movie came out. One. Thank you very much. I, I was five. And you 42 now. <laughs> Sean was 16. It's fine. We know. Rude. So I haven't seen, I hadn't seen a second of this movie. I hadn't seen it on basic cable. I hadn't seen it. My sister maybe... I, I don't know if my sister watched it. Sorry, Jess. I didn't pay that much attention. So with movies like this, this is a very specific kind of movie that especially came out in the early to mid 90s. Movies like this and Sandlot and even like A League of Their Own. There's there's sort of a collective of these movies now that within the past five years have sort of crossed the bridge into 
oldies, for lack of a better term. Mm. And they have a sort of bulletproof quality to them in a way that's like, I could critique this, but that's just how movies were, or they didn't have the budget for that, or they didn't have the effects for that. The passage of time kind of makes them a, a little more resistant to critique, I think. Mm-hmm. And it might be because of that, this sort of dirty sheen that all 90s movies have, that this filter that they have over them. I liked it. It was nice. Ah, I, yay! <laughs> My little heart is soaring. When we turned it off, we saw on our TV that it had a Rotten Tomatoes of, I think, 33, which is <laughs> insane. I don't think it's the best movie. I wouldn't give it higher than a 75, but it was nice. I liked it. I'll talk about more in specifics later, but I don't know. It was nice. <laughs> Yay. Four for four, Rashawn. Four for four. Yeah, you think? <laughs> God. I said it last week. What? I'm moving into full-fledged villain territory. Oh, God. I think this movie is bad. Bad. Just all over bad. the place bad. All over the place bad. So you had a bad, bad time watching it? I did not. I did not have a bad time watching it. And I completely understand the comfort level and the warm blanket that Lacey and Mel are saying. I can't even disagree with that. Because I myself, as I have proven time and time again, like movies that are quote unquote not good. I think this is one of those movies that is not good that you love. And that's totally fine. But I don't think that this is a good movie. Hmm. So, <laughs> you know, you know, the, the Batman phrase, you either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like I started as the villain on this podcast and then I sort of faded into the background. I was sort of like the sub, like a mini boss. And I just watched, like I like I planted a, a seed of darkness in Rashawn, and I've just watched him sprout into this full fledged villain. Here he is. It's fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't think I'm full fledged villain. I'd say like anti hero, mm-hmm. but I was definitely there was definitely a Christopher Walken on this mic that pushed my Michelle Pfeiffer out the window. And yes, that is a Batman Returns <gasps> oh, reference. My goodness. Anyways. I, yeah, I, don't, I need a second. I need I need to know, Rashawn, why are we friends? Oh my god. Why? I don't know. I don't either. Because everything we have brought to this podcast, we've agreed maybe once, <laughs> twice. But the distinction, Lacey, the distinction, Coraline, Adam's Family, Titanic, I, I don't think any of those are bad movies. I just don't like them. And that's different. I, I I will never will never say, and I have never said that those were bad movies. Did You're I say Coraline was a bad? Have I ever said any of your movies are bad? Ever? Yeah, yeah, you have. I've said I don't like them. I think you said Charlie's Angels was bad. I don't think I did. I said I think I didn't like it. Roll the tape. It doesn't. It doesn't. <laughs> she actually she actually did said I don't. She said I don't think this is a bad movie. She did say that with Charlie's Angels. I'm sorry. I think this is bad. I'm sorry. How? Go. <laughs> Let's get into it let's go tell me why i I, want an itemized list josh brought up the sandlot i'll bring up steel magnolias uh, fried green tomatoes do not touch my movies (laughs) i those are all movies that i love and i think well not the sandlot but those are great movies 
that I think hold the fuck up. <laughs> Again, look. Here's the thing on this podcast: when cinephiles attack, whatever. Let me twirl my mustache. There is a difference between. <laughs> I feel like everyone thinks that you can only like good movies and you can only critique bad movies. There is a nuance in between that all four of us live in, but you three motherfuckers are asleep. Excuse Wake me. Wake up. Wake up. Wake up. <laughs> I've been awake. No, you haven't. I have been awake. <laughs> no, you haven't. <laughs> I'm awake. I just think I have the best taste. Here he goes. Oh, my God. I don't want to talk about any of this anymore. I want to talk about the movie. So, Rashawn, why is it bad? Okay. I think the movies that I mentioned, Fred Green, Steel Magnolias, The Sandlot, Stand By Me, I feel like all of those movies influenced this, and it takes good chunks of those and tries to form one megazord of a movie and i don't think all of those parts are fully formed in this he's got a point i didn't think about that where the the book the bookends of the movie with the stars we don't need that at all like that has no bearing on anything it it's not it's not long enough to make an impact and it's not short enough to just feel like a footnote like it's it's halfway in between and I don't ever feel connected enough to where they get in the end in the treehouse at the end and they're making these long declarations that I just don't latch on to. You don't feel anything when Demi Moore talks about how she's blocked herself off and she's missed out on so much of life. That doesn't res that doesn't like It it resonates with Gabby Hoffman and Christina Ricci. Because I spend 80% of the movie with them. When Christina Ricci has that monologue about her dad lying to her about her mother, it's sad and, and it's really heartfelt. But there's a disconnect between that and when Gabby Hoffman has a monologue about her parents divorcing, there's about 30 years missing in between where I don't, by the time we get to the end, I, there's this disconnect between if we had jumped back and forth between those two storylines, I think to show how much the passage of time has changed them, I think maybe I would feel it better. But there's a lot of like lip service to it and not enough context and not enough meat to it. I don't want this to seem like a pile on. But that was my one critique, too, was I wanted I wanted more now and not as much then. Oh, my God, who said it? Well, it's called now and then. Someone was going to say it. It's called now and then, and we barely get any now. We get no now. We do get now, Rashawn. We don't get no now. We get a good 15 to 20 minutes of now. I spent the first 20 to 30 minutes of the movie actively waiting for the cut back to to the present. Mm -hmm. But I feel like I make this argument when with every movie that I bring to the podcast, but that's not the movie isn't about the now. The movie is about that summer and how it changed them, how they grew. Like that whole final voiceover sequence when they finally get the treehouse. Gabby Hoffman's character Samantha says, you know, we really wanted the treehouse for independence and to show that we were, you know, 
on our own, but what it really brought us was independence from each other. We really became our own people that summer, and that's still reflected in the people that they are now, the adults that they are now. The changes that happened that summer are still with them, and that's what Demi's whole monologue is about at the end. She's also got a good point there. I I can see both sides, but I feel like if they... Okay, so you know how I was talking about now I'm watching it later as a cinephile, just trying to pick it apart. And I would say I did think about that. I thought about how we don't spend a lot of time with them as adults. And it's not necessarily that I want more of that because I don't really watch this movie for the adult parts. I don't skip over exactly. it like I do Titanic or Notebook. That's not what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying I don't go into this movie for the adults. But on that same token, I don't think that there's a good enough story with the adults. So I feel like they kind of just... I almost feel like if it, it was 1995, they put the adults in there because they're celebrities. And not necessarily for the plot of the story. So by the time we get to the treehouse at the end, which is what Rashawn's talking about, Demi is having this full on moment. And I'm also, I'm just like, what, what happened? Like your, your parents divorced when you were 12. You're about damn near 35. You cannot be crying about that still. (laughs) That's literally how I felt. And you think like, okay, maybe her parents divorcing you know, she saw her dad walk out. She can't stay in a relationship. We kind of get that, but it's it's only five minutes of a monologue and then the movie's over. So you don't really have this moment with her. You have a moment, like you said, with Gabby, with Gabby Hoffman as a little girl, but then Demi arrives and you're just like, oh, okay, yeah, that's her. Cool. And then that's it. They're playing Red Rover at the end. You guys, they're the same person. Like, I know it's two different actresses at two different ages, but they're, that's Samantha. That's Samantha's life experience stemmed from... I, I also think you have to take a look at it as the trauma of divorcing parents in 1970 when that was not socially acceptable. Like, mm-hmm. that deemed you a broken family that deemed you an outcast that like so i i just i i think i think it would have helped if one we would have gotten like how josh said maybe 20 30 minutes into it we would have gone back to the now and i also think it would have helped if they would have focused on two stories from all four girls and not everyone's stories because then we, at the end, when we do see her as Demi, yeah, we get that it's the same character. We would have felt more for her versus seeing if the movie's an hour and, well, it's about two hours, right? I feel like we see her as a little girl for about, I don't know, almost two hours. And then we see Demi at the end. So I feel like there is that disconnect versus going back and forth. Imagine if we if Titanic started with Rose, Cal, Jack, and Molly Brown on the ship, and they all flashed back to the Titanic, you wouldn't get... And then and the flashback was the same. 
Like you got one big chunk at the beginning and one big chunk at the end. You wouldn't, I don't feel like you would feel as connected as you do to Rose because she's the one telling the story. But because it's split up between the four of them, even though Denise is the one doing the narrating, it never, I don't get enough weight with like one. I feel like if they had just chosen, like Mel said, one character to stick with. But we get so much of the, we get so much of Roberta's hurt from losing her mother, but we never even meet her dad, you know? And it, and it doesn't feel like they give enough service to that storyline for me to feel that loss. And there's four, and there's four of those plus a ghost, you know, plus <laughs> like it's, it's a lot. And I think taking a little bit of that out and narrowing the focus onto one, whether it was Samantha, Chrissy or Teeny. Or Roberta, you know, just one, but it, it's a little too spread out. I think. I do love She's this com- movie. She still, hates me. I still <laughs> do. I still do. So my other main thing is I'll, I'm gonna pull, pump the brakes a little bit on the attack on Lacey here. <laughs> but I think the thing that threw me off a little bit was the. It felt like they kind of did Roberta dirty at the end, like dirty. Rosie's Rosie. She's charismatic as fuck she's funny and she's she was a doctor now which is great but everybody else got such fleshed out well-rounded endings and i roberta kind of felt open-ended and to that point i had to keep reminding myself that the narrator was sam was gabby hoffman who then became demi moore because if you put christina ricci in a movie whether or not she's the main character, she will become the main character. Christina Ricci, young Christina Ricci is dynamite in these kind of movies, obviously, mm-hmm. and always is. But in movies like this, Christina Ricci becomes the main character. And so I had to keep kind of reminding myself that this is technically, this is Samantha's narration, and this is technically kind of her story. But then at the end, it kind of almost turned into... Chrissy? Chrissy's story a little bit and I get it it's the story of their friendship but it kind of felt like there was some jostling for main character or jostling for protagonist or narrator and I caught some confusion sometimes during that I think though like I understand what you guys are saying I do because I agree I think Roberta's character is super prominent in that in in the past especially Christina Ricci can literally do no wrong she is brilliant um she's very good she's so good and i i understand with samantha being the narrator that like that would lead you to believe more of the focus should be there and like more of the screen time and the storyline should be there i understand all of that but i think i'm coming from it with a perspective of any girl any preteen girl could watch this movie and see herself in one of the four girls and I think that's part of the beauty of this story is there are four different girls who have four different life experiences. They behave four different ways. They have four different families. And yet they're all still united. Their their friendship is the thing that weaves it all together for me. So even if it did feel unbalanced from time to time, I, I don't know. It just felt like 
that's the friend who needed the attention the most. That's, you know, that's the person who needed to vent at that moment. I feel like a fifth friend when I'm watching this movie. I feel like I'm part of this group. Or it's like a tag yourself moment where you're like, I'm a little bit Sam. I'm a little bit Chrissy. And I think that's why like growing up, I watched it so much is like maybe at a certain age, I felt like, you know, Sam. And then I was 12 years old and I'm like, oh, I kind of feel, you know, like Chrissy or whatever. So it's just like, I feel like I grew up with it. So I had, I know exactly what you're talking about. (laughs) I do want to say one of my nitpicks is the casting for the olders for the for the now i i I don't i have the same thought i think one they're all a bit too old and because technically and i was thinking about this literally the whole movie is like we are there that age now though the now what four of us in in this zoom chain look like (laughs) any of them and i'm just thinking about even my friends who don't live in la and have like the you know just a different lifestyle they still don't look like rita who looks got 45 in the movie let's just be real (laughs) she looks good she's having a baby i see i fought back with carmela because i didn't think the age was an issue I just thought they looked like adults. They do. Whether whether they were 30 or 40, I just didn't. But that's also like Carmela's sticking point with any movie. She's just like an age police. I am. (laughs) But I do think that these. Rita Wilson was 39 when this was made. Thank you. I mean, she just looks like a woman in her 30s. I don't whether it's 31 or 39. I don't know. But I do think that these are four different, completely different women. Yes, and that I, was I don't think that these four girls grow up to be these four women, which I don't even think that's a critique of the movie. That's fine. Like, these are four stars, and they play the grown-up versions. Whatever. Sometimes it's going to be uh, now and then. Sometimes it's going to be It Chapter 2, and the casting's spot on. Mm-hmm. I don't think that detracts from the movie, but I do think the aging up is not A+. I would have flipped Demi and Rosie. Yes. Yes. Both character arc, kind of general attitude. Like, I would have seen young Roberta. Young Roberta is kind of like, fuck this place. Mm -hmm. Everyone lied to me. I guess so was was young Samantha. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I actually read something because Josh and I were talking about it afterwards. And I was like, I really wish that they had let Roberta be questioning because I get that vibe from the movie. And I think if Now and Then was made now, she would be a lesbian or she would be queer. That was, a I I read in the trivia that that was supposed to be the case, but that they, they decided to change it last minute. And that line that Rita Wilson has in the now of Roberta's living her alternative lifestyle and sin with her boyfriend was like an an ADR that was added later after the fact. And I don't know. If it was made now, I can see that storyline being even prominent, you know, throughout. Mm -hmm. But that's, that's one of the disconnects I think we see in the, between the now and the then I, I feel that 
kind of loving tension from Rosie towards Rita, from Roberta towards Chrissy, even in their adult years. I, pick I mean, up. she literally delivers her baby and says, I love you. Like, I know that's friendship love, too. But like Rosie, I don't feel like Rosie was playing that. I feel like she was playing like, I really love you. Not romance. Not like, I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. Catch Lacey writing the now and then fanfic. No, it's totally. I feel like literally they didn't change anything until the last minute. And they're like, yeah, she can't be a lesbian. Let's go ahead and add that line in there. Because Mm -hmm. come on, mama's wearing a denim shirt over a skirt. What's going on? (laughs) We all are thinking Roberta taped her boobs. She taped her boobs. Right. Uh, Don't you have an anecdote about that? (laughs) I taped my boobs after watching this movie for the first time for like two months. Like duct tape down. How flat can I get? I was teeny. Okay. I stuffed my bra and now I called it. I can't do this anymore. I fucking called it. (laughs) I knew it. Uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. What? Yeah. I don't, I want to, I'm going to switch it to things I liked about the movie. Thanks. Because, because we've been piling on. <laughs> no, you know what? I'm villain. I'm still here. Villain. Lacey, you brought this to the podcast. I did. Who brought it? I did. We're this three against one mean? right now, Rashawn. Who are you yelling at? <laughs> well, because I know you're pissed right now, but. I'm not pissed. Can we talk about Brendan Fraser now? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, let's talk about Brendan Fraser and that scene. Rashawn, what's wrong with it? <laughs> <laughs> I think that scene's fine. <laughs> I definitely thought you'd be like, well, you could just cut that scene out. <laughs> no, sure. I, I, that's my thing. That's my thing. I called the movie bad. I'm not taking it back. I'm sorry. But I think what's good about it, it are the, the scene at the lake when they steal the warmer's underwear the scene when they just find this hitchhiking guy on the road he's a vet like those little sorry vignettes yeah (laughs) are great because that's in the past that's what we're seeing this summer was just like a whirlwind of it was the best summer ever and that portion of the movie is totally fine and I think if you stretch that part out and we don't see the now, if the movie is just set in that summer and you kind of push out all of the, you fluff out all of the storylines, maybe it would feel more satisfying to me. Called and, uh, and The Treehouse. The Treehouse? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> the movie's called The Treehouse? Yeah. That is so sweet. I love that. I think why I, why I said what I said is because it has to adhere to this now and then structure. And because of that, the then loses some of the consistency. But that scene with Brendan Fraser is a perfect example of, yeah, they, they're they going to the cemetery. They're doing a seance. They meet this guy on the road. Like, it's all really cute and fun. And they're having a great time. And I think all four of the girls are great. And that moment when he says, you know, what does he say about the parents? Uh, the parents your aren't parents always right. aren't always right. Your parents aren't always right. Like, that's such a good nugget of a moment in the movie where they're learning things that they're not supposed to know yet, maybe. 
from mm-hmm. this stranger and that that moment yeah i liked that moment so so nothing's wrong with it least <laughs> except he's <laughs> except he's not hot he's oh not i'm sorry he what guys we no, got a two two split fuck the wormwoods give me hippie brendan fraser <laughs> i don't know like i <laughs> he has everything that would be hot to me he has the white boy dangle bang he's smoking a cig <laughs> the denim jacket but then he has fish eyes on oh top my of God. all of it so he's got sad eyes hey he's seen a lot <laughs> <laughs> the character not brendan don't call brendan fraser's eyes fish eyes but then i'll take it back because george of the jungle god damn because you're not looking at his eyes in that movie oh there it is that's what it is not, you're looking not at the, the eyes on his head. Dang it! I was oh, no! oh my god! How did we get here? <laughs> Look, they talk about penis the whole movie. This is fine. They sure do. They sure do. I love that conversation when they see their when they see penis for the first time, or not all of them, but Chrissy sees <laughs> penis for the first time. Like that's so cute and fun and inappropriate. But what else are they gonna do during the summer? Get into shit, and it's really fun. Yeah, that's that's what I was going to say. Is this movie is at its best when it becomes a series of vignettes through their summer. Mm-hmm. They don't even have to be connected. Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> like, yes, they're connected because it's all about Dear Johnny. And a lot of things happen when they're going to or from the cemetery. Like this scene with Brendan Fraser, obviously. He's like oozing with movie star charisma during that scene. Like, you remember that and he was only on camera for like, three minutes mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. incredible the scene with janine garofalo the waitress it's amazing it's hilarious the movie is at its best when it's about these four girls kind of interacting with this small town that they grew up in throughout these series of little moments that kind of is and maybe this goes towards the in a, in a positive way the theming of now and then it's how you remember your summers you don't remember mm-hmm. you don't remember sitting around listening to the radio or watching tv you I remember that moment at the lake. I remember that moment meeting that hitchhiker. I remember that moment. So it it plays out like a memory would. Mm-hmm. I like that, Josh. Do you think, sorry for this question. Do you feel at all that it cribs a little bit from Stand By Me and It? <laughs> Are you asking Lacey or? Ooh. Yeah, or anyone, but yes, Lacey. But I, I'm not saying that like, oh, that's bad. I don't think taking from that movie and making it all women is is bad but at least the whole researching the history of the town and a ghost and all that kind of feels it doesn't feel derivative it just feels familiar i i feel like yes i agree with you that like these are definitely this movie is definitely like the female version of a stand by me or an it but I don't care because I'm a female and I want to see myself on screen. Like I want sure. that summer experience for a girl that's still scary and still adventurous and still dramatic. Like it's not girls sitting around painting their nails all summer long. Like it's these four girls learning about sex and their sexuality and you know that the relationships between their families and their parents and being deceived by the people that they love and 
fucking ghosts and <laughs> murder in their town where they felt safe. I don't know. I think that's why this movie was so important to me because I grew up seeing movies like Stand By Me and It that are all male. Sans the one female in It, but let's not talk about that. I don't know. Like, I don't know. I can understand, I guess, why that would make it not feel genuine or not feel like. No, no, no. That I that wasn't the reason for my question. I think I asked because I wanted to hear you say like, oh, "I'm I'm a woman and I don't get to see stuff like that," and I and I get that. Here I am, I, a woman playing into your hand. That's great. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> and I I'm just and kidding. like I'm I said, no, no, no. I get, I get why it's a warm blanket. I get why it feels like home. That's, that's not. That's just not Rashawn's home. It's He's allergic to that fabric. Blanket. It's not. It's got. I'm not allergic to the blanket. I'm not over. allergic to the blanket. <laughs> I just want the blanket to have a little more fabric. Oh, swerve! <laughs> no, it's got. Pl- it's quilted. It is there's a few there's a, there's a few patches missing. <laughs> I know, I know. Mel, if you didn't like Brennan Fraser growing up, were you a, a Devin Sawa kind of guy, Scott Wormer? Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. <laughs> He's better as Casper. He's Ooh, as Casper. As Casper? I was into ghosts, and that's what it was. <laughs> He's going to be Still in the am. Child's Play TV show. These types of movies and... Their little lead white boys got me to where I am now. So <laughs> that's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> um, not Brendan Fraser. No. What? Mm-mm. That's why I'm saying like his style. Yes. Because, you know, you see uh, Leo, Leo in Titanic with the dangle bang and the cigarette. And I'm like, Yeah. And the pants up. up to his rib cage, though, like I love it. Just remove the face, just like, where it's like a little, and maybe it's intentionally a little creepy, just because it's inappropriate slightly. Like the look that Samantha gives to him as she, like she gives him one last look, and you're just like, oh, but I don't but I don't I, think he do- he doesn't give it back though. I think no, he doesn't. I, he doesn't. But it it's still like borderline. I don't think her look is, like, sexual. I, I do. I don't. Maybe not Samantha. I don't think Samantha's is. I think Teenies is for sure, obviously. Mm-hmm. Maybe Roberta's is. I think Samantha's maybe starts that way, and then she sort of feels sorry for him. Acting-wise, I think Brennan threads, like, this needle is so small. Mm-hmm. Like, you have to come across, like, sympathetic but also kind of cool, like you don't care, but you also have to come across like you genuinely want to give these kids some advice, but you can't come out, come off creepy while these kids are throwing sexual energy at you. You have to look like you care about them while not reciprocating. And I think he threads it perfectly. After mm-hmm. experiencing yeah. the worst few months of his life. Um, also, Cloris Leachman as grandma. Oh my God. The most manic, crazy grandma that has ever been on screen. <laughs> like, so good. Open the damn door. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
so good. But don't don't make me cookies. Give me cookies. Sit me down and then rush me out. I just <laughs> got here. She's got to go gamble, Rashad. I got to go. go. I just got here, Grandma. In the rain scene, why didn't Samantha just wait for the water to carry her up and then she can climb out? Because she's not a 30-year-old man. She's 12 years old and panicking. Mella I, called this. I called it. I said, Josh is going to look at the scene and figure <laughs> out ways she could have gotten out of this herself. I knew Literally, it. just wait. Just wait. I was, the water will carry you up. I was also, if I hadn't seen this movie, I'd be like, so Pennywise is about to show up or what? <laughs> That's what I said, too. <laughs> I, I feel like I wouldn't even think that now at 30. I'd be like, bitch, get me out. I'm going to drown. I'm not fitting in this little sewer thing, so <laughs> it's yeah, a wrap. None of them. But it's also... I don't know, manhole covers are pretty heavy. (laughs) She called that too? Crazy Pete had adrenaline running through his veins. I guess, yeah. He couldn't save his son, so he's going to save Samantha. I'll give give it the adrenaline nod, for sure. Yes, I mean, Stefan, for sure. This movie has everything. (laughs) And I (laughs) eat it up. I love every second of it. There's so Pete. much going on. Yeah. You the place Pete delivers that why are you all so scared of me line. Like my heart broke when he yeah. gave that line. Mm-hmm. That line delivery is perfect. Josh, as someone who had never seen it in any capacity before, to what extent did you believe the ghost story? Like what did you expect mm-hmm. it to be? What did you think it was? Especially as an adult watching it. They kind of really rushed over the tombstone being cracked part. They they like kind of swept that under the rug and you have to like catch it really fast. I didn't really think there was going to be a ghost aspect to it. It was cool when they brought in Janine Garofalo again to do the tarot card reading. By the time they got to the archive, I I, I was very doubtful there was going to be a, a genuine supernatural element to it. If you would have told me to give it to per- a percentage wise, I would have said maybe five to 10%. And then it was a flat zero when they got to the archives and there were pages ripped out. Bum, Which bum, also, bum. Who did that? Pete. I thought Pete. Why would he? If it... He was humiliated by it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he doesn't want people to know it's him. Okay. Mortified by it, especially because well, he still lives in the same town. You know, at the end when they're in the um, treehouse and Demi, Samantha, is like, you guys, I went back that night and crazy Pete is Peter and everyone's like what (laughs) like I know this movie back and forth but (laughs) this watch around I'm like no shit how did you guys not know this how did you not tell them for 20 years and that share this information immediately afterwards right like the moment you leave that you catch up with them is like hey Hey, guess what? Like, I'm going to be out of breath telling you guys that is, pe- that's the dad. <laughs> that's it. I love the same thing, Bella. The same thing. <laughs> and that actually has always bothered me. Even when I was younger, I was like, why would she keep that to herself? That's what they all wanted to know all summer long. Why wouldn't she tell her what? friends? Yeah. And it's not like she's keeping this crazy secret from. Like, what would they do with the information? That's what the fuck they were out there looking for. Trying to find. Yeah. What's the kid's name? Dear Johnny. Johnny. 
here. Okay, hold on. Johnny Sims. He's doing something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Marshawn, don't be mad. At you? Yeah. I'm not. Don't you be mad. I am. I know you are. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I <laughs> yes, swear yes I'm not. you are. Like. I was really mad you called it bad. I'm not mad anymore. I know. But. Don't. Don't. No, I'm not taking it back. <laughs> no. I know you're not. So just stop while you're at. <laughs> <laughs> what? What are you looking for? Pete looks older than he should in this. Well, no. Because Dear Johnny was born in 1933. You can assume that back then they had kids at 20 at the latest. Mm-hmm. So Pete was born in 1913, let's say. So this happens in 1970. So he's... He looks a little old. He's only 57. He looks He, looks a little he only old. comes out at night. He doesn't socialize. He's not he a drunk. grooming himself. He's a drunk. He no vitamin D. The drunk thing was never confirmed. That's just a rumor. No, he, okay. he said. No, no, he was like, if I was at home, I could have like prevented the burglars, but I was out at the bar. You would think he'll keep drinking after that? Mm-hmm. No. I don't yeah. think so. Mm. I don't know. I felt like he didn't keep He's drinking. destroyed. Well, the, the, if drinking is the thing that happened, I'd never touch a drop. Have you seen any movie ever? <laughs> Look, okay, anyway, all I'm saying is, and then, so what, this, does this movie take place in 1995, or is it still in the past, like, 1990? It's 1991, and... When it happens? Yeah. Okay, so then he's, oh. like, what, 89, 79? Because the movie's 95. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I read somewhere it said 95 and the other one said 91, but I mean, it's a four year difference. Oh, IMDb says 95. Okay. Yeah. Why are we talking numbers? Let's play a game. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Segway. I just wanted to I want play a game. All right, everyone, gird your loins. Riddle me this. They don't matter if you win by an inch or a mile. guessing games. All right, you guys, we're going to play our own little version of now and then. Hmm. I have found six child stars who worked when they were children and are currently working in the industry. I'm going to give you the title of a show or movie that they are working on now and the title or the show that they worked on then when they were child stars and you have to tell me who the actor is. Yes, let's go. Does that make sense? Okay. Yes, it does. We love it. So, oh, I'm excited. Okay. Our first now, the TV show Fargo, then... Little Women. Rashawn. Kirsten Dunst. Yes! It is Kirsten Dunst! Good job. Next up. Now, she has a recurring role on Blackish. Then, 
She was in Dr. Doolittle. Rashawn. <laughs> Raven Simone. Yes, Raven Simone. No she's is... in blackish? I didn't yeah. know. Raven's in blackish? Yeah. She sure It's not she's not like a main character. Yeah, but she's she's doing it. Come on, Raven. <laughs> um, so that's two for Rashawn. We got shit. We got four more. I do have a tiebreaker, and I may just throw that in because it's a fun one. Um, okay. Next actor. Now Inception. Then <laughs> don't laugh. Josh, put your hand down. I know it. <laughs> I know he knows it. <laughs> then Halloween H2O, 20 years later. Ooh. Mella. Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Hell yeah, I just, Bella. I should have just guessed him anyway. <laughs> you really threw me off with the Halloween. I thought it was going to be something else. <laughs> I should have just went for it. I knew it was going to be Joey. Two for Rashawn, one for Mella, three to go. Now, this actor was in a movie on Netflix called Secret Obsession. Then, they were on The Sweet Life of Zack and Cody. Josh. Cole Sprouse. No. Josh. Dylan Sprouse. No. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Oof, I don't know that show at all. Oh, 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 it's Brenda Song. I, I was gonna... I'm sorry. I thought Damn. she... Oh, and congratulations, she just had a baby. We don't follow she the did. rules over here. She With another did. child star. Um, you know what? Okay, I'm gonna give the point to Mella. Thanks. What? But Josh... Josh, I'm going to add in the final one. And that was the tiebreaker, but I'm going to add it in and you'll be happy. Okay, love you. Don't placate to his behavior. I don't, I'm don't. i not even going to put my headset back on because I don't want to hear the bullshit you have to say. <laughs> You're always talking to me about following the rules. And the one time I follow the fucking rules, I raise my hand, Mella just gets to shout it out. And she gets the fucking point? Josh. Congratulations, I don't no. know what this means. <laughs> you raised your hand confidently twice, and then you went like this. I didn't know if you were really raising it or not. You also spent your answers on twins. So, fool. It seems like raising is just an up and down thing. So, I was, ra- I was raising it a lot. <laughs> just because I didn't go all the way up out of frame. Oh, my God. Okay. A raised Next hand is a raised actor. Hand. I'm not putting my headset back on. Now. Once upon a time in Hollywood. Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> then. Leonardo DiCaprio. Uptown Girls. Leonardo DiCaprio. Rashawn. Dakota Fanning. Yeah, Dakota Fanning. That's three for Rashawn. Two for Mella. I love you, Josh. Wait, I have four. No. You only have three. You oh. have Kirsten Dunst, Raven Simone. Mella has Joseph Gordon-Levitt. And uh, Brenda Song. And Brenda Song. Chill. chill. Daddy, chill. Daddy, chill. Next actor. Now, Lord of the Rings. Then, The Good Son. Elijah Wood. Josh, now you're just not being nice. <laughs> Neither were you guys. He's pissed. He's upset. Yeah, he's pissed. Is Elijah Wood? Yes, you get the point. Yeah. I didn't. I raised my hand, so I don't know why I have to suffer with Josh's tyranny. Join me then. 
No. no. I wasn't talking to you, cheater. Okay. Oh, my God. Sorry I knew it. Sorry I knew it. <laughs> Sorry, I'm mad and sad, too. I figured it out eventually. We are moving on. I have two more questions. One is tricky. I didn't know it. And one, y'all better know. So my tricky one is worth two points. Oh, shit. Come on, Beach. Because we have two child actors. Now, the child actors were in Us. Then, they were in Friends. Rashawn? I don't know their names, though. Does anybody know their... I didn't know their names, so it's okay. Does anyone it's, know their names? It's the twins, or the, the who plays the his kid. Yeah. So uh, Dylan and Cole Sprouse. No! <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. <gasps> Rashawn? They're, well, they're Elizabeth Moss's daughters. Whose names are... Oh, Emma and Friends? Uh-huh. I thought it was the boy. But I don't know their names. <laughs> Actually, I don't know if they're Elizabeth Moss's daughters. Are they? Oh, in Us. <laughs> I thought you meant real life. I was like... I don't know about that. <laughs> um, so it's Callie and Noelle Sheldon, and they played the twins in Us, and they each played baby Emma on Friends. So I, I no points on that. I knew it was going to okay. be tricky. <laughs> Y'all didn't know it, but I thought that was so cool. I didn't realize they were still working. Um, so props to Callie and Noelle. Our last child star now and then. Now, they are on SNL. Then, they were on All That. Joshua. (laughs) Keenan. Keenan Thompson, baby. I got that one. That's all I care about. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry I got so obstinate. You should be. With that, we have... Josh coming in with two correct answers, Mella coming in with two correct answers, and Rashani coming in with three. Rashani, you are the winner of now and then, even though you trashed my movie. That's the worst. When the villain of the episode wins the game. (laughs) Yeah, no, you don't. That's how a villain thrives. Apparently. All right, wrapping things up. I think we can all agree that Now and Then is an, an excellent example of uh, Stand By Me, Sandlot rendition of the coming of age story, but for girls. Um, yes, ma'am. We can all agree that out of the four of us, Rashawn is definitely the Chrissy of the group. And <laughs> Now and Then is a timeless classic that just makes me feel warm and fuzzy and... Deserves all the love. All the love. I don't um, know. I've I've definitely seen a penis before all three of you. So. <laughs> Wait, are we talking any penis or because I saw mine. That's yeah. a good tell. Foreign penises. <laughs> and foreign penis. <laughs> He's well traveled, you guys. <laughs> to wrap up each episode, we play a little game of six degrees of separation connecting an actor from this week's movie to an actor from next week's movie so who can find the quickest connection between Demi Moore and Rachel Weiss? 
does a movie that's been completed and was no. supposed mm -hmm. to be Black no, 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 no. <laughs> not again. <laughs> this episode just meant to tear me down. I'm realizing now I don't know very many Demi Moore movies. <laughs> <laughs> I've got, how can I not connect it to him? This is hard. Oh, got it. Motherfucker! No! <laughs> I should have just I should have just guessed and even if it was wrong. God damn it. What is it? What is it? So Demi Moore is in a few good men with Jack Nicholson, who is in Batman with Michael Keaton, who's in Birdman with Emma Stone, who's in the favorite with Rachel Vice. Ooh. Well, once again, well done, Rashawn. Dominating the games. <laughs> Even though you destroyed my heart. <laughs> told you from here on out. Full Maleficent. Full horns. That is it for this week's episode of When Cinephiles Attack. As always, we'd love if you took a moment and liked us and followed us on Apple Podcasts. You can find this and all of our episodes on Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, anywhere you get your podcasts. Please follow us on Twitter and Instagram at CinephileAttack. And if you have a suggestion for a movie you really want to hear us tear apart, or if you just want to show us some love, email us at whencinephilesattack at gmail.com. From Lacey, Mella, Josh, and Rashad. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. 